This, 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 uh, welcome to podcast episode 247. We are the Fight Disciples. This one is dedicated to the world of boxing. Um, and you can tell um, by the, the style of the microphones that are coming through your speakers at this moment in time, we are currently on location. I didn't actually catch the name of the pub uh, that we're recording this in. We are uh, just alongside the VIP gym where the likes of Carl Frampton and Rocky Fielding train out of where Jamie Moore does his work. So we've been down there this morning to make some YouTube videos and we thought we'd stop off on the way. Applewood Farm. Uh, Applewood Farm? Is that where we are? This, is it? We're in uh, Applewood the- Farm now just to record um, our boxing and UFC show. So they're, uh, they're available uh, on iTunes. Um, please subscribe to us if this is the first time you've ever come across us. Uh, you can also get our Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com, and we're all over social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And as I said, Wednesday nights uh, are now YouTube night, 4 o'clock. We'll stick a little YouTube video up there. We've had a lovely little chat with Jamie Moore and Rocky Fielding and the likes uh, this morning as they prepare for Canelo. So there'll be a video up there for you this week, all right, so you can get stuck into it. However... Um, if this is the first time you ever come across us, basically, we review boxing from the weekend just gone, but in a different type of style. We don't just sit there and pick the bones out of the technicalities of fights. I couldn't give a shit about that. Basically, we're here just to take the piss out of stuff that we've seen. Yep. Uh, and then we look ahead towards fights that are coming up this weekend and maybe give you a little bit of news uh, from stuff that we've learned from going around gyms and picking uh, the brains of all these um, famous people in fight sports. Now, at the weekend, Copper Box, I was there. Just want to point that out, all right? I was there. I, w- I made the travel from the northwest of England down to the Copper Box uh, at Stratford uh, to view various fighters that were on the bill, including Jordan Gill, who you actually picked as your prospect of the year. You're one you. to watch. You're Thank you. To- well, hang on. No, no, no. Where were you? Where were you? You told me on last week's show, yeah, I'm going to make the trip down. I'll be down there. No bother whatsoever. You yeah. chose You chose to go to the football over to go and see your boy. Is what uh, you chose listen, to do. It was in the bag. I was never, ever in doubt. His never in night. doubt. His and biggest the new. Night. His biggest and night. the new. I don't care if it's and the doubt. new. His biggest night. Commonwealth champion. This is his, this is his first real plenty step Plenty more up. big ones to come, son. Don't you worry. But look at you. Pick it and choose uh, you. You pick and choose you. That's what you do. One of us had to stay. One of us had to stay back and hold the fort and watch Huey Fury at the same time. One of us had to be a crossy, Thanks a cross te- it all. Thanks for taking that hit. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you if you're here a little bit later on, but regarding joining, I've got a few tales from the weekend for yeah. you. So everybody now knows. Nick he was Pick- fucking marvellous, wasn't he? <laughs> Nick, He was marvellous. And a big shout out to all the fight disciples that reached out to me on social media and said, Nick, I doth thy cap, yeah, mate. Yeah. You fucking called it. You said this was going to happen. You said this guy was probably going to stop him. You said this guy was going to do the business. You said he's one to watch. You said he's the hottest prospect in British boxing. And they were all made to look sensational at the weekend. Mm. What a performance. What a performance. And from what I'm hearing, his performance in the ring was only overshadowed yes. by his performance out of the ring. Yes, absolutely. I.e. towards you. Yes. He, um, Brilliant. He, he bullied me, basically, is what happened. <laughs> um, first of all, his performance in the ring, footwork was outstanding. His shot selection was exquisite. And for those including myself, I didn't know how much pop he had in his hands, right? Yep. I knew he was a top boxer. We've been in the gym. We've watched him. His footwork's outstanding. He's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't know how much pop he had. Flipping heck, mate. Jab. That, that, everything's off the jab. It was unreal. Everything I was, was applauding. the jab. I was applauding it at times. It was it, thrilling. I say it on this show a lot. Don't pull that jab out. We saw uh, a senior Byfield just pulling oh, pull, yeah. pull the jab out, yeah, right? Yeah, terrible. 
Don't pull it out. It's a proper weapon. Use it as a proper weapon. Yeah. He was spearing that into uh, Ryan Donald, uh, Doyle's head and yeah. then working off the back of it. Brilliant body work, head work, sniffed yeah. an opportunity. Didn't rush the finish because he no. had an opportunity to finish in the second round he and did. didn't take it. He had Ryan all over the place, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ryan's a tough kid. Don't get me wrong. I think Ryan Doyle... And I thought this going in, this is why I was so confident last week. I'm very confident in Jordan's ability and how far he's going to go in this sport. Um, All right, Dad. But <laughs> I also thought Ryan Doyle, on this particular occasion, after the way he fought against Blotty, knowing the kid, the way he is from Manchester, tough, gritty, I also thought he was made a little bit for Jordan Geller. I knew Jordan's lack of knockouts on his record, you know, only five knockouts prior to this fight. In 21 fights. I knew that would give Ryan Doyle false hope that he could walk him, walk him down and walk through him. So, I, you know, I kind of knew this this opponent was perfect, mm. absolutely perfect for a coming-out party for Jordan Gill. Um, it's, it's the I say, we've got to come back to it. His footwork was sensational, but everything comes off the jab, everything. You know, and you see a lot of amateurs and a lot of people you see in the gym and bags and stuff like that that might watch a lot of boxing. And, you've, and a lot of people got this belief that you're light on your feet and you snap your jab out and you get it back to your chin as soon as possible. You're like, bam, 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 bam. But that's not how you throw a proper jab. A proper jab, you fucking throw it like to a To hurt weapon. somebody. Step into the jab, throw your full weight behind it. And if your jab lands, the other guy's falling backwards anyway. The other guy's off, off balance. He can't count it any. All this stuff about snapping your jab out and get it back to your chin as soon as possible. Fuck that. Get your jab out there. Bang. Have a bit of that. Bang. And that's what I liked about Jordan Gill. It was like... <laughs> He's shadow boxing Mate, in, we, a, in a pub full of old people. What old grannies doing? on a Monday afternoon. What are you doing? <laughs> They're looking at us going, what's going on over exactly, there? Yeah. Got, Somebody's going to come over and have a chat with you in a minute. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But he was... Uh, that was what I love more, more than anything. You know, he, it was supposed to be a risky fight. It was supposed to be 50-50. It was supposed to be tough. Um, Doyle had all the power. Gil, could he outbox him for 12 rounds? Uh, it just wasn't the case. Yes, he outboxed him, but he also proved that he's got the power. Mm. And the, listen, Rocky Fielder mentioned this before. You know, we, we were waxing lyrical about Jordan Gill, and Rocky was like, it's all about timing. It's all about speed and timing. That's, all it, that's where the power is, mm. speed and timing. And Jordan Gill has got that in abundance. And Do you want me to tell him? Welcome to the... Listen, everyone jump on, man. I'm not going to listen. I, you know me. I don't keep these things to myself. Yes. I suggested this was the party to be at. Yeah. Now everyone's at the party. Well, I'm just the DJ. I think I'm just spinning the records. Jordan Gill is the man. We're all on board. Let's see where we go from here. Well, I don't know if I'm on board. Well, maybe you're not on board. I'm not on board. <laughs> That's mainly because the conductor, Jordan Gill, not letting me on board. Um, I need to tell you this, right? Because, yes, he was brilliant in the ring, but he was also brilliant outside of the ring, as Nick has described. He actually brought my heart. <laughs> now, there's been moments where I've been ringside and fighters have spotted me ringside. Yeah after they've been victorious and they have bigged me up at the side of the ring because I've ended up supporting them, i.e. Tony Bellew against David Hay. Yeah, little fist bump, whatever, yeah. yeah all yeah. that. Even when they're on TV, said he's the only one that didn't doubt me and all that type of stuff. However, it does kind of backfire when you don't pick a certain fighter as your prospect of the year or your one to watch. They end up winning and they know who you ended up picking in comparison to them. <laughs> so, Jordan Gill just put on an absolute show, Yeah. I'm one of the only people, because spending a bit of time with him last week, I decided to stand. I stood up to clap him for a good minute on my own after yeah. the performance because it was absolutely outstanding. And the little fart saw me, didn't he, right? He's had a look over and he said, ah, look who it is. Give me a standing ovation. Look at, look at him giving me a standing ovation, the little Judas, right? <laughs> so he's walked over to this side of the ring that I was at 
And your thing is going to go, nice one, Mate, Adam. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is my moment. Best. This is my moment. I'm amongst, obviously, all the commentators, the Sky team, the Zone team. I'm there. All the press are behind me. You're I'm thinking, thinking of getting a fist bump off the new champ I'm here. thinking, check this out, boys. Here we go now. <laughs> Jordan's coming over to uh, nod at the Fight Disciples. And all he said was this. He leaned over the ropes and he goes, and you fucking picked Bellotti. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, no. No, he's done me. He's pulled me pants down. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Sensational. That was that moment, right? And he's shaking his head at me. Even when the ring announcements were going on, like announcing him as the and the new, he's looking straight at me, shaking his head at me like he's absolutely <laughs> disgusted with me. Anyway, he goes off and does his interviews, doesn't he? Bear in mind, I'm doing a radio show. So I'm carrying on doing my radio show. I'm talking up the next fight. John Ryder's on his way in a minute, all this type of stuff. Next thing I know, Bellotti, uh, not Bellotti, uh, he's on my mind now. Absolutely. Um, Jordan Gill, he stood alongside me with one of my colleagues ready for uh, his ringside interview. And I looks over and I sees him, I think. I'll give him the fist bump now because we're going to be pals. Yeah, he's only yeah. having a joke with me and he's only, having, he's only having a little bit of a mess. And I looks at him and he looks at me and he goes, he, he fist bumps Glenn McCrory, fist bumps Don McGuinness, who was the commentator. He even fist bumped Gareth A. Davies behind me, right? Ignored me. He, he sidestepped me. And I went, oi. He goes, I'm only messing. He tapped, he tapped me. He goes, but you did pick fucking Bellotti. <laughs> <laughs> then, in the actual interview on the radio... He's like going, yeah, you know, it's just nice to have this coming out party because I've been doing all this work with Dave for the last year. I've had five fights now in that year and I've definitely learned loads of stuff and it's great to see the support and people cheering my name and all you guys, apart from him, supporting me and all this type of stuff. And then Dom's like, what do you mean apart from him? He goes, well, I don't know if you know this story, Dom. He actually picked Reese Bellotti as his one, uh, one to watch this year and everybody's looking at me. And I'm like going, at the start of the year, it was a good bet, right? <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely Brilliant. ruined me. Then, then he finishes his interview, clears off and gets changed. Middle of the John Ryder fight, we're all, we're all commentating on the fight and stuff. He comes back to I think he went to go and sit with Gavin McDonald and Anthony Fowler and a couple of lads from the gym. Yeah. He's walked behind me, right? Tapped me on the shoulder. I'm thinking, who's this? I turn around, it's him again. He goes, honestly, mate, I can't believe that you picked Bellotti. <laughs> <laughs> I said, get out of my sight, <laughs> sling, it, sling it. He, he just spent all night then just ruining me. Fair play to him. And fair play, what a fantastic performance. Delighted for him, delighted for Dave. So exciting times ahead, man, yeah. in this division. I know, it's a, I know it's a killer division, there's some serious talent there, but he's at the party. He reminded me a little bit of Selby, you know, the way that he was going about his work at the weekend. He's just, he's so refined already. He looks like someone that is 25, 22 fights into their career. Mm. He looks that developed, so sharp, so assured, so confident. And yet, when you look at it, he's been on small all shows for the last. He's only had two or three fights on Sky. He's only been in the big in the big leagues since he's jumped over with well, Dave. Really, he said, wasn't really breaking well, that's through. It. As he said, Wheels, he was inactive for eighteen months. The reason why he went to he was disillusioned with the sport. He was yeah, not packing yeah. in. And then he went to Dave. Dave said, "Right, I'll get you the opportunities. You just work." And he did that. And yeah. he's had five fights in twelve months. Big coming out pie. Eddie Earns obviously seen something, bought into him, giving him the opportunities. And now Listen, you've got a real uh, talent on your hands. Make no mistake, part of that will be Bellew, because Bellew's sticking to Eddie in, and he said, listen, this kid's working hard in the gym. He's very good. You need to give him the opportunity. And yeah. that's probably why he's got the opportunity. So, But it's all about Jordan Gill. It's all good and well that Dave Caldwell mm. or Tony Bellew have opened doors for him. It's about Jordan Gill to fucking walk through him. And boy, did he walk through on Saturday night. Mm. And now, you know, the world's his oyster. You know, he's doing the one thing that on paper he couldn't do. And that's knock people out, put people over, hear people. Yeah. He's doing it now. He's doing it at the top level. Mm. What did you make of uh, Ted Cheeseman? Uh, I thought it was, a, it was a good performance from Cheeseman. He was very strong, absolutely very strong. 
I'll be honest, I was very disappointed with Byfield. I just thought he looked weak from the very first bell. He couldn't keep Cheeseman off. Yeah. As you said, he was pouring away with that jab. Even his, even his backhand was looked weak. And I think Cheeseman, after about um, after the first round, I think Cheeseman thought, fucking hell, I can just walk through this kid. He's got yeah. absolutely nothing. And, you know, as early as the fourth or fifth round, Byfield was, was flailing away and struggling. And um, the writing was absolutely on the wall. I, to be honest, I was, in hindsight, towards the end of the fight, I was thinking... All right, now I'm disappointed Cheeseman hasn't got him out of here. That's, this is where I'm at. Cheeseman right. should have got him uh, out of early there. Early doors, I'm thinking, this ain't going more than four or five. No. And then we, this was supposed to be a tough fight. It was supposed to be a, of course, again, another 50-50 fight. It was a great card, by the way. Yeah. Great card by Matchroom. We, we, get to, we get to round seven and eight. And I thought Byfield then started clipping him a bit. It, there was no power there. He wasn't no. hurting him at all because no. he was walking forward all the way. But I kept, I, then I started thinking of possible fights that could be made for Cheeseman. And if he fights like that, he's going to get himself hurt. Yeah, yeah. Ie Anthony Fowler or something like that. Too easy to it. But uh, but was he too easy? Was he too easy to it because he didn't respect the power? I think so. Yeah, I think it took something away. Ultimately, it took something away from Cheeseman's performance because he did look great for four or five rounds. Yeah, it did look like it was going to go early. It looked like it was all over, and then when it didn't, and you know why it didn't? Because Byfield's got big balls, man. Kids brave. (laughs) No one can ever argue with that. No, he's got cojones on him to get through that fight to come through the way he did. But then there was also an element around eight, nine, ten where I'm thinking. His corner should throw him out, man. Yeah. I haven't seen Cheeseman hit once. His corner should throw him out. But then he was landing shots. The occasional yeah, was. shot was getting through. Yeah, he was. Then Cheeseman's bleeding everywhere. As Tony Bell, you said on Twitter, he's got that kind of facial structure and that kind of white skin and gingery hair. Cheeseman, that. Like, kind of like Ricky Atten. He's always going to cut him. There's, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. It's yeah, just yeah. the way his skin is. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's going to have a bloody career regardless. But in fights like this that he's dominating so well against guys that are flailing at times and looked pretty much out of their depth if Cheeseman's getting in wars with the likes of Byfield then you can't really fancy his chances against the likes of Fowler JJ Metcalf Liam Williams I think these guys are just going to be too strong for them guys who can also fight at that pace but that's obviously the next step for him he has to of course it is he's got to go and fight someone like Anthony Fowler next yeah yeah absolutely and And to be fair it's a great fight. It I is really, a great fight. I, I'd love to and see it. And you know it. why it's a great fight? Because Fowler f- fights a similar style. Yeah. Fowler's will come forward, walk forward, punch her, land heavy shots. Yeah. But uh, I'm sitting here on a tweet at the weekend, and, you know, maybe I am Maybe I'm too fucking scouse. Uh, no. Too Honestly. Nice, too scouse you slanted. Ju- you've just, you have just done a know, YouTube maybe. interview with maybe. Rocky Fielding saying that he's going to chin Canelo in the first round. That's what you've just said. <laughs> Honestly. But, but it'll I, be available on our YouTube channel this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm watching that, and I'm thinking... Fowler stops Byfield. I truly, Fowler would have stopped Byfield on Saturday. And then towards the end, I'm thinking, okay, fa- if Cheeseman's going to unravel like this down the stretch, then Fowler stops Cheeseman as well. Mm. I think, don't get me wrong, I think Fowler Cheeseman's a great fight, another trade fight. But I tell you what, it could go the same way as, uh, as Jordan Gill, Ryan Doyle. Mm. I really truly believe that. No, I want to see it. I hopefully, um, and we will get it. Happen. I'll tell you one thing that I was impressed Early next with. next year, February. I'll tell you what I was impressed with. Having, what, having sat through the snooze fest that was a Coley Chamberlain at the start of this year at the O2. And a Coley Watkins. And a Coley Watkins, yeah. Um, to see Isaac Chamberlain fight the way that he did, especially yeah. early. I think he took his foot off the pedal in the middle rounds and then came on strong at the end again. Yeah. I was so impressed with him. He's changed his trainer. He's, he's uh, with Rubio now, isn't he? Yeah. I was actually thinking to myself, there's something here. There's yeah. something here with this kid. He could, he could do a bit. 
intelligent. You know, wasn't rushing into things. He had Luke Watkins wobbled a couple of times. But played to the crown as well. He showboated yeah, a bit. He, absolutely. He, he was trying to entertain. And, and I think after after fighting the cult, like both these guys stepped into this fight, Watkins and Chamberlain, yeah. after losing to a Coley yeah, yeah, yeah. in Stinkers, which has now become the trademark of a Coley. Well, the Coley, well, the Coley um, stopped Watkins, didn't he? But it, then he's just had another stinker uh, yeah, as well. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Last time out. Yeah, yeah. So I think both these guys taking this fight knew that it was a crossroads fight for either of them. So you know, it takes takes balls to take a fight like this after the after those losses. And yet, you know, Watkins was working hard and he was bombing away, as you say, in the middle rounds, having some success. But I think only because Chamberlain, you're right, slowed down. Yeah. He, he dropped back down to third gear, but when he stepped it back up again. Chamberlain looked handy, looked like he could do something. It's an exciting division. If he'd put his foot down earlier, he'd have got him out of there. Yeah. Because he nearly had him out at the end, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. One thing that they, they, they did flash up, I think the scoring was done by the ref, and it was 95-94, which kind of insinuates that the knockdown right at the end of the fight... Changed it, yeah. He, he needed it to win, and no I chance. didn't see that at all. No. I had him about four or five rounds ahead, man. I didn't have him that far up. I had him about two or three up. I give Watkins... He was comfortable, though. He yeah, didn't need yeah. the knockdown. No, he didn't. No, I think the knock- knockdown pushed it over the edge for him. I mm. think I had him two up, and then with the knockdown, obviously four, four. up, it finished so. with. But, uh, but yeah, you know, in so that's hindsight... What I, just said. I just said four or five rounds, hi- yeah. Sorry, yeah, I apologise. <laughs> in, in hindsight, though, it would have been devastating if... It'd have been a draw. Because without the knockdown, it's a draw. It'd have been a draw, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Never. Never never in a million years. But again, you know, that cruiserweight division's a cracking little division as well. Like, you know, you can't help another scouser. You'd like to throw Craig Glover's name in the ring now after what he did against Simon Valley. I would love to see Glover against Chamberlain or even Watkins for that matter. Mm. Um, In the main event, I felt a little bit for uh, John Ryder because I think a lot of people have come out for Cheeseman. Yeah, and once he fought, I mean, it's a bit of a nightmare to get to. Is the copper box? Everybody yeah. was trying to get back into town, so they all cleared off. It was literally empty. Yeah, when Ryder was fighting uh, against Sorokin, and the fight itself wasn't one of those that you go, "Wow!" Because Sorokin, really awkward style, used his head a lot. Mm. I'm surprised that uh, our mate, Mister uh, Mister Terry, yeah, didn't pull him up for it. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought John Ryder adopted... You're surprised, or you just think, well, it's no, Terry O'Connor, yeah, Terry he's O'Connor, the he's just referee got... in Britain. Of course, <laughs> yeah, he's some... of course he hasn't stopped it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but uh, I was impressed with John Ryder, with the way that he thought to himself, let's not fight at range, let's not stay at range, let's get right in on this kid's chest, let's do some dirty stuff, let's get the elbows across his throat and all that type of stuff and have a real good scrap with him uh, and, make a, and make a bit of a do. And he got the job done at the end of the day. I actually thought Sir Rockin swallowed it at the end. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I watched it and... Um... It's all right, you can talk to us, we're, we're fine, no problem. We'll just, just, be, we'll just be served that dinner, day. there you go. Um, uh, no, I'm all right for sauce, thank you very much. Fine for sauce, thank much you. Much appreciate. thank you very much. Um, I'll be honest. What have you gone for, by the way? I've gone for the uh, cheesy plowman's have you? sandwich, and you've obviously gone for the BLT. That's it, mate. It's just got one, two, three, six slices of bread in it. That's it, mate. Growing lads. Growing lads. Um, can I be honest? Yeah. I watched Ryder on Sunday, I couldn't even be arsed watching it live. Fair enough. So I feel like now I'm like half the, I've half got the copper confe- box. I've, I've got fucked a confession. Off as well. well, I've got a confession about Hugh. Hugh yeah, yeah. well, half the <laughs> copper box that fucked off because I was thinking I'm going to watch. I had Huey Fury on, but then I thought, fuck, I'm, I'm missing Huey Fury here because I was watching Gordon Gill. I was enamoured by Jordan Gill and I really wanted to watch Huey because he Stop deserved there. it. So I, I. Gordon Gill? 
Jordan Gill, I've just said. I, I like it. I like Gordon Gill even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've got to watch Jordan Gill. I've got to get involved here because yeah, yeah. this is my boy. So I thought, oh yeah, yeah, from 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 your couch. I'm recording Channel Five yeah. now. I can't watch Huey live. So then I watched like six, seven rounds of Huey while I was watching Jordan. And went no, no, can't do it. So I stopped there. So when, once I'd seen Jordan lift the belt and have a go at some dickhead with the bald head at the ringside, I then thought, right, okay, I'm going to go back to Channel Five now. And I didn't. You know what? I didn't even think, oh, Riders on, I'll record it. I just thought, oh, Riders on, I'll put Huey Fury on. Mm. And then the next day I had to go fa- go and find Right, I didn't even record it. I've got, I don't know what it is about John Ryder and this WBA eliminator, but I, I, it hasn't engaged me from day one. The day it got mentioned, no. I wasn't interested. That's fair enough. I wasn't interested at all. And then, as you say, I went back and watched it. I expected him to do what he did. He got it done. I've got no real... Is it moving forward? I don't think so. Does it get him a shot against Callum Smith? God, I hope not. Does it get him a shot against the winner of Canelo Rocky Fielding? I don't think it does. I bet you it does. Bet I you bet it doesn't. I bet you he's in. bet you it doesn't. This is a mark and time fight for nothing. I don't think it moves him forward at all. I would be... Well, what was the point of it then? What's the point of having a WBA well, Can- eliminator Can- if, Canelo- he, if he now can't be in, well, Canelo in ain't line? Gonna f- Canelo ain't going to fight John Ryder. That's a fact. Canelo will... After fighting Rocky Fielding, he will only stay at super middleweight for the rematch. And uh, he'll, otherwise, he'll Did go back down that? to middleweight. For the rematch. There's only a rematch if there's one result. Look at you. See, it's so subliminal. And people like, call us bias on here. Mate, I'm, stick, I'm staying confident. I've just been around Jamie Moore. I've just yeah. been around Rocky Fielding. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's all the secret. It's all positive thinking. Yeah. It's not entering my mind anything other than Rocky Fielding's hand raised in New York City. Listen, I don't begrudge John Ryder getting a shot. I don't begrudge it. He's not world level. I don't think he's going to become world champion, but I don't begrudge anybody getting a shot. No? He won't get a shot. All right. Shit house. It's not um, I've got a conf- uh, confession with Huey Fury. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. And the reason why I've not seen it is because obviously I was at the copper box. I was trying to get a stream, couldn't. And then um, followed it on social media. And the amount of people just piling in on him saying, He's done it again. He's not pulling his shots. He's not having a go. He's not giving it the big un. So I just, I wasn't, what you've just said there regarding being inspired to go back and watch John Ryder, I wasn't inspired to go back and watch Huey Fury because I was there that night when he fought Josie Parker and I was like going, come on, Huey, come on. I'm waiting for you. And maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I shouldn't have listened to social media. But a lot of social media was saying he's just done the exact same fight. Why am I going to put myself through that for another 12 rounds? It wasn't quite that frustrating, I thought. You know, there was, I'd say, about three or four most eye-catching shots throughout the whole fight, the whole 12 rounds. Yeah. I'd say three of the four belonged to Huey Fury. He landed the big wow moments. However, they were short, They were in short supply. Listen, he's a Fury. You know, the Furies aren't in entertaining fights. They no. never have been. They never will be. No. Tyson wins those fights because he confounds people, he ties people up, he fuddles with them, you know, he throws a long jab and then hits and holds and all that stuff. But Tyson's got an, enough of a boxing brain and is mature enough to win the round before he does that or to win the 30 seconds of the round around the two and a half minutes where it's ugly and, you know, mm. Huey isn't quite mature enough yet. You know, he's only a baby. Kid's 24. You know, I looked at something the other day and it was like AJ at 24 was fighting Paul Butlin. You know, fucking uh, Tyson at 24 was fighting like some, you know, bums basically. They weren't they were at this level. They, they certainly weren't in IBF final eliminators or WBO world title fights. Mm-hmm. This guy is so far ahead of where they were. Now, you could argue the ground and they had as amateurs or whatever else. The position they were in has put them in a diff. Huey's on, a di- on his own path. Huey's term- 
Tim Pro with very little amateur. All right then. So he's learning on the job. I, is I is he good enough to be a world champion? Right now, no. But he's 24. Can he win a world title in four or five years' time? Well, the time scale suggests that where he is now, he's ahead of where all those guys I've just mentioned were when they were 24. Okay. So if his development continues, if Peter keeps bringing him on and he can improve at the rate he needs to improve, yes, he can become a world champion. But right now, is he attractive and sexy to watch? No. No, he isn't. Is he in entertaining fights? No. Mm. Is he at the very pinnacle of the sport already at the age of 24? Yes, he is. I, listen, I ain't, I ain't coming on here to beat up on, on Huey Fury. Far from it, you know. And... It's mad because he's not the most engaging character. He's a quiet lad. He's not Tyson. He's the exact opposite of Tyson, in fact. Yeah, stylistically, they are very similar. He's just not got that edge yet where he knows how to win a round, where he knows how to capitalise on a big shot. He, does, he hasn't got the confidence or maybe the maturity to know, I've got you here, so I'm going to get you now. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of times he caught Pulev and you thought, here we go, here we go. And don't forget as well, you know, he suffered a, a pretty nasty cut, and it was a jab, it wasn't a headbutt. He got jabbed in the second round, I think it was. And his eye, the same cut eye that he's had previously, just ripped right open. I'll tell you now, if it wasn't for Kerry Kays, he wouldn't even had 12 rounds. Mm. Kerry Kays was fucking unreal in that corner to keep him in the fight. Mm. So, listen, this is not a Huey Fury bashing podcast. Huey Fury will come again. Is he good enough to become a world champion? Not right now. Will he be in the future? He might well be. Um, speaking of corner work... From Bulgaria, I love it when fighters go rogue. How boss was that? Mate, this this made my weekend. I uh, finished at the Copper Box. I'm having a flick through my old social media and it's going crazy. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? This is amazing. You've got to watch this. I love a soy loser, me. It's like my little lad. Whenever I play footy against him, I obviously always play to win. He's never beat me at anything as of yet because he's only five. But at some point, there's going to be a moment where he gets his chance, yeah? And he kicks off like mad. He, you know, throws stuff, throws tantrums, cries, kicks me, kicks his sister, kicks his mum, goes upstairs and all that type of stuff. And when I actually see a grown man do it, it just fills me with joy. The lad didn't want to get beat, you know? He's ended up losing the fight. The referee's called him. He's having to do it the ref. He's having to do it his opponent. But then the best bit is when his own corner yeah. try to calm him down. He starts throwing shots. Yeah. Do you know like, well, we've, all, we've been in the situation where you might have been in a nightclub, right? And it's dark and it's a little bit dingy and it's kicked off, right? And your yeah. mates are involved in a fight. And someone gives you a tap on the shoulder. And you don't check. You never check who it is. You don't, you don't even think about who it is. You just throw. You ask questions later is what you do, don't you? And that's basically what this kid did. It could have been his mum. It could have been his gran. He was throwing the shot. And he, went, <laughs> he knocked him off the apron, didn't he? Mental. Absolutely tremendous. Absolutely mental. It's, listen, type of stuff you can't condone it, obviously. What do you mean? It was funny as fuck. What do you mean? I love that. You can't. It was funny as fuck. Mate, lads are so loser. He doesn't want to get beat. He's, he doesn't agree with the decision. Throw your toys out of the pram, son. It was embarrassing. No, good lad. That's what I like. I liked my weekend, that from Bulgaria. Well yeah. done. Um, again, I made this complaint last week, even though it's not really a complaint, because I'm, I'm kind of loving it. Um, but there's so much fighting going on at this moment in time. You're going to find out uh, more... Uh, from our other discipline that we follow, Mixed Martial Arts, on our UFC podcast. So make sure you subscribe to us, Fight Disciples on iTunes, and fightdisciples.com is our website for all Android feeds. Uh, but also in the world of boxing, the World Boxing Super Series uh, rolled into uh, the United States of America. And a few conclusions that I have made um, from that uh, fantastic night over in the States is that Regis Pagres is actually better than I originally thought him to yep. be. Agreed. I thought he was just a whacker. He's not. He's actually quite cute and slick, as well as having a boatload of power in his hands. I thought yeah. he was uh, tremendous really against uh, Terry Flanagan. thought he yeah. was really, really good. Pressure's on now. Yeah. Pressure's on the rest of the team to, to that tournament to perform. Well, on that, 
because uh, Ivan Baranchik uh, was in there against Anthony Yejit. Yeah. And you will have seen a meme that uh, I put on our Instagram. Cut me, Mick. Well, Cut me. That Yejit, I- I, Jesus Christ. It was all over the place, wasn't it? I mean, it was absolutely he solid. He wants to fight on as well. Yeah, I know he did. Referee, stop, doctor stopped it. You want to keep going? Technical in the in the seventh. Um, but regarding Baranchik, what I've just said about Pogres there being quite cute, Baranchik is not cute at all. He is just a bull. He's an animal, isn't it? Yep. Absolute. I'm coming forward. I don't care what you're throwing at me, mate. I'm just going to try and knock you out. That's ferocious, mate. That type of energy. I mean, we obviously, this got stopped in the seventh. If he has that type of energy and he can do that for 12 rounds, he's going to be pretty difficult. You've got to be a real yeah. slick operator to get the job done against him. Absolutely. And uh, again, it's one of them. It's been. It's funny, the World Boxing Super Series tournaments, because... We've seen it last year. We saw this year's format compared to last year. It's like, right, okay, it's a slow burner. People are starting to get the reds around it. Get through the first fight. Mm. Save something in the tank. Make sure you don't get injured. You've got to be ready for the semi-final. Do the business in the semi-final. Save it all for the final. Like you kind of bottle it up. But that kid didn't save anything, did he? That kid was there to put on a, send out a message to go, I need to take part. I need to take over. And I'm going to fucking run through any fucker you put in front of me. And that was the cool thing about that performance. It was yeah. like, damn, son. Yeah, yeah. You're the... As you say, Perfect, uh, perfect thing that he is a wrecking ball. He's a re- he's a wrecking machine, hmm. and uh, massive statement. And in terms of progress, I was just like, okay, for me that felt like progress going, okay. Over to you now, Josh Taylor. Let's see what you can yeah. do. Well, I've pro- sent a bit of a statement there. I've made a statement. Former world champion, just took him apart. Let's see what you can do. Well, this is where it gets exciting now because progress will move on to fight Relic in the semi-final. Uh, we're just in Baranchik go through Yejit uh, like a dose of salts because he was an absolute bull for seven rounds and awaiting him in the semi-final is either Ryan Martin or our boy Josh Taylor I think it will be Taylor but mm-hmm. Taylor Baranchik now has got me on the edge of my seat I'm thinking yeah. to myself how is that going to pan out because Taylor can mix it but he can also box as well yeah exactly Yeah, and um, to be honest I think Taylor I think I mean he's got a tough one this weekend let's not jump ahead of ourselves it's a tough one against Ryan Martin but of this, course you know Completely different opponent, though. Yeah. You know, Martin's far more of a boxer. Um, but I, I think that they like them, they like some McGuigans and stuff. They'll be licking the lips at that because he can only fight one way. That's the way the positive to look at it. Yeah. You know what he's going to do in the semi final. He's going to fly at you and try and overwhelm you like he's just done. He's shown his ace card, if you like. You know what he's going to do now. I think Taylor's a bit more, there's a lot more school than him. I think he'll fancy that fight, walk onto a shot. Mm. But as you say, first and foremost, and we're probably going to talk about it later on the pod, but he's got a big fight anyway this weekend. Mm. Uh, regarding Regis uh, Progress ring entry, I'm not a big fan of these masks and Ed Gears and all that type of stuff. He looked like uh, an extra from the bloody Lion King down the West End, didn't he? Coming in with all that type of gear. I mean, I used to get a little bit freaked out when uh, the executioner, Bernard Hopkins, used to do it, coming in with a mask. And there's yeah. a couple of other kids that are now the starting to... leave a mask. Yeah, well, uh, Deontay's doing it, in here. Yeah. He's coming in with some weird uh, apparatus on. I'm yeah. just thinking to myself, boys, you know, yeah. just just get to the ring normal. Just walk there, yeah. Don't come like you're trying to audition poor, for a, a, a show. Poor Teddy's in his Man City shirt. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Funny. I like it though, I love all that. Do you? I love all that, a little bit of razzmatazz, yeah. Razzmatazz? Like something from an SM movie, mate. He's coming <laughs> in with bloody gimp mask on. Put a snooker ball in your mouth, son, and get on with it. Um, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love Danny Jacobs. Yeah, do you know what I love about it as well? Because it was a, it was a week in which, you know, we've had Tyson Fury on this show, and Tyson Fury's a fucking great interview for anybody. The thing with Tyson is when you get him, he's like lightning in a bottle. When you get him and he's in the mood, mm. you get some absolute gold. I know my good mate Tris Dixon, 
He's just, over there, hasn't he? He's just been over there, yeah. He's done a thing with BT Sport, apparently that's coming soon, so I'm looking forward to seeing that interview. But obviously, I think most people have probably heard or seen extracts of the interview Tyson Fury did with Joe Rogan about mental health and all that and how inspirational that was and just the things he was saying and yeah. setting goals and targets and all that. Fuck me, if you've got mental health issues and you listen to that, you think, wow, where he's been to where he is now, there's hope for me, there's hope for everybody. How inspirational that was. And then you come to Danny Jacobs on Saturday night and you think, this man was given was diagnosed with cancer six, seven years ago. Yeah. And now look at him. He's making his he's dreams in a wheelchair. He couldn't move because it was around his spine, mate. He, he couldn't move. beat cancer. He's rang the bell. And now here he is, here in the 12-round belt to, to become the new uh, champion of the world, the IBF champion of the world. Absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, it's fight sports, isn't it, man? It's the most inspirational thing on the planet. Mm. And I just thought it was really wicked. Both those things happened this week in two massive areas of... So many lives on the planet, mental health and cancer. Two survivors of both there, absolutely turning it on. Boss, massive fan of Danny Jacobs, massive what? fan. Charlo for me next. Absolutely. That's what I want to see. Well, yeah, because you know we don't quite know what Golovkin's going to do next, although I have heard Golovkin's now talking about fight, stepping up and fighting Callum Smith, which would be the ultimate doubleheader for Liverpool. Um, but obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Canelo. We think Canelo is a one-time thing. that He's just going to try and jump in. Uh, try and rob Rocky Fielding of his belt and then shoot back down to middleweight. Mm. But you just don't know. You don't know how he feels. How he, you know, he might he might enjoy the weight class. He might enjoy 12 stone. I might fancy to, to stay there. So I'd like, you're looking at the likes of Jacobs, the likes of um, the Charlos to to step forward now and, and take over this division, become the number one guy. And for me, that's the biggest fight out there. With, with, with a question mark over Triple G, with Canelo moving up, Jacobs versus Charlo is the biggest fight in the middleweight division, surely. Yeah, yeah it'd be an absolute crack. Speaking of moving up in weight. Um, Mikey Garcia. Uh, Mikey Garcia and Neville Spence wow. Jr. Mm-hmm. Mikey, yeah, listen, I look at it in one way and I think, Mikey, fair play, man. I absolutely admire your cojones going up again in order to try and become uh, a, another weight world champion at 147 pounds. But then there's a little bit of sadness with that as well because obviously we've spent a bit of time with Lomachenko recently and he wants, he wants the Garcia fight. We want the Garcia fight. I think Garcia and Lomachenko... I want to see that more than I want to see Garcia against Errol Spence Jr. Errol Spence Jr., I think he's just too big, and I think it'll be a step too far for Mikey. I really do. Do you reckon? No, I don't think he's doing that. I mean, Errol Spence... You can't call him chicken. He's terrified of no mass Chenko. Yeah, but he's going in with Errol Spence Jr., who's absolutely legit. What's he doing? As you just said, he can come away from losing to Errol Spence Jr. and go, well, I dared to be great. I tried to go too big. Hmm. Imagine losing to a guy who's naturally smaller than you. What does that do to your legacy? He's terrified of Lomachenko. Terrified. You can't He's terrified call him terrified. Terrified. He's terrified. Mikey Garcia's on the run, son. He's on the run. Mikey, grow a sept, son. <laughs> Stay where you are. Fight the world number one. Yeah. Preview the world number one. What's yeah. he going after? What's he going out after the guy who's probably between ranked between five and ten pound for pound on the planet? Probably eight, Some people nine, have him higher. Ten. Some people have him higher. Oh, they're wrong. But <laughs> Errol Spence is probably between five and ten pound for pound on the planet. Mikey Garcia, I would say, is probably ahead of Errol Spence pound yeah, for pound. Because just, of what he's done at lower weight. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put Garcia around five, know, maybe five, six. Probably put Spence around eight, nine, ten. So the guy at the number one spot, the guy at the number one spot is after you. Fight him. I don't understand. I get why Mikey Garcia wants to become another weight world champion. He wants to cement his legacy that way. But 
to never be considered pound for pound number one. That does not hurt your legacy more. Mm. Stay where you are, son. Fight Lomachenko. Look Prove you. you're the best on the planet. Look at you. Otherwise, you're a shit house. <laughs> Mackie Garcia is a shit house. You've heard it all. We've peaked. We can't get better than that. The chips are getting cold and peaking too soon. We've just said that Mikey Garcia is a shit house. I'm not saying that, Mikey. I'm distancing myself from that. So, therefore, when we are ringside and you want to look over the ring apron and have a, have a go at somebody, it's the one with the beard and the hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, mate, all right? Uh, this weekend, it's World Boxing Super Series. I'm actually quite delighted that there's only one, one show, really, for us to concentrate on. I know there's stuff going on uh, all over the world, uh, but we've got a little bit of a lull um, from... A lull? A lull. Wow. Bef- well, a little bit of a lull before yeah. we get to next week, which is all Bell Usyk, of course. Uh, if you can call it a lull, because there's two absolute crackers uh, this weekend in Glasgow. That's the destination. November the 3rd for the World Boxing Super Series, uh, concluding uh, some semi-finals there. Uh, Ryan Burnett taking on Nanita Denaire. That's Quarterfinals. Wh- Quarterfinals, sorry, Quarterfinals. yeah. Uh, I want to talk about that fight first. Well, right, right, now, right now it's Burnett Denaire. This is why I want right to talk now. about it. Today. Today. As we're, Monday. as we're eating, which probably is what Denaire's doing as well at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah. This is a man that is well in his 40s, past his sell by debt, that he's coming down two weights. He's not made Bantam since 2011, yeah. right? This is going to be a struggle for him. I mean, he did an interview last week with some American press saying, listen, I don't know what everybody's making a big deal out of it for. I'll make it quite comfortably. No, he won't. Because no. the rumours within the industry is that he is struggling with it. Paul Butler is on that reserve list. He's training 100% for a fight with right. Ryan Burnett on Saturday night. And I would not be surprised if that does happen. I'd actually go as far as to say it's a 70-30 chance that it will be Paul Butler in the other corner. Well, he's certainly right up there. And as you say, he's right now, Tucked away in Joe Gallagher's gym, they are working towards a Ryan Burnett fight. They have got an opponent fighting that French kid. Yeah. Um, who, who did he fight recently? Fought someone familiar recently. It might have been Burnett. Um, anyway, he's got a fight on the undercard, but he's only on that card in case that one falls off, as you say. So it's hard to kind of preview Burnett versus Denaire because, well, I'll do the preview easily. Burnett. I think wipes the floor with him. Stops quite, him within six. Quite comfortably. I think he stops him. If I he, think, I think Denaire, if, if he does make weight, weight yeah, it's stopped. going to kill him. There's been nothing left in him and he'll get stopped. Yeah, I think Burnett will do an absolute number on him. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Burnett versus Butler's a much more competitive fight. But it's tough to look past Burnett, you know? No, absolutely. Right, you know, Paul Butler only got his world title fight, his, his second world title fight, because Burnett gave up the belt, yeah. which he beat off Triple Z. Uh, which Paul Butler then fought Rodriguez and, and obviously got beat by Rodriguez, who's also in this tournament, who looked good so far. But it's been it, it's been an exciting little uh, start to this tournament bracket. But I think Burnett, as a former dual world champion, needs to make his statements. You know, I've already said I picked Burnett to win this tournament. Yeah. Even though a new way has looked yeah. sensational. Yeah. I can't wait for us to be ringside for that when a new way looks over and yeah. goes, you big Burnett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I think this has been a opportunity to go, hey, I'm here. You forgot about me. Just because I'm in the last quarterfinal, uh, I'm here and I'm here to win it. So I'm mm-hmm. expecting a massive performance from Ryan Burnett this weekend. Yeah. Glasgow's going to be absolutely bouncing. Well, they're going to be bouncing because one of, I say one of their own, I know he's an Edinburgh boy, but he's a Scotland boy. You know what I mean? He's the guy that now they're putting their uh, eggs into the basket of. Uh, with Ricky Burns coming to the end of his career, they need someone to champion. And Josh Taylor, without any shadow of a doubt, is that boy. He's absolutely mustard. Like I said earlier, he can box, he can bang, he can do the absolute lot. He's got a, he's got an unbelievable crowd behind him as well. He's taking on Ryan Martin, 
this weekend. I fully anticipate him to put on a show. I actually... Do I think it's going to go the distance? Maybe so, because Ryan Martin's a little bit of a... He's, he's a boxer rather than a, a yeah. someone who's going it's to come tough. to war with him. And he's a tough kid. Of course he is. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh did get him out of there late, made a little bit of a statement at the back end of this fight, and set up that fight with Baranchik. Hopefully, what I will say, if you are going to this, um, uh, to, to the fight in Glasgow, create the atmosphere, because they will come back. They will come back to you. The World Boxing Super Series will come back if yeah. it's absolutely bouncing. And I can't anticipate it not being anything but bouncing. The fight of the weekend, by the way, with Regis Progress and Terry Flanagan, it had 500 people in the arena, mate. 500 people. It was dead. Absolutely nothing going on whatsoever. So this is a big weekend for the World Boxing Super Series. I'm glad that they've done it at the back end of the, the, the first uh, lot of quarterfinals. It's going to be absolutely jumping. Absolutely. You know, I, th- I don't think there's much chance of a new way coming out of Japan at any stage in this tournament. I think the semi-final will definitely be in Japan. They haven't announced it yet, but be very surprised if it's outside of Asia. Because of the Japanese TV, because of the Japanese interest, because he's a national hero. Same thing can happen here. You're right with, with Taylor. You know, the World Boxing Super Series, when they came to Liverpool and, and Manchester last year, they said the same thing. They were like, if the place is bouncing, we'll come back. Mm. And it just wasn't bouncing. Mm. You know, we just didn't have a big enough crowd. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately, do you think they would have gone to, to Saudi Arabia at the Echo Arena had 10,000 people packed to the rafters singing and dancing or even for the semi-final mm. if Manchester Arena Joe, and uh, Chris Eubank would have been absolutely electric of course they wouldn't but those venues were pretty I wouldn't say quiet but they certainly weren't full and I just think there's a massive opportunity here for Glasgow to make sure one of their own has home advantage throughout this whole tournament yes I do think he'll do a number on Ryan Martin who's undefeated in 22 fights by the way you know the kids you can't can't breeze over that. Josh Taylor's only had a baker's dozen, yet this guy's had 22 yeah. undefeated. So Ryan Taylor will 100% be arriving in uh, arriving in, in Glasgow, expecting victory and wanting to make off with that WBC silver belt. But I think Josh Taylor, there's a reason why we both picked Josh Taylor from the start, didn't we? We both fancied it. Fancy him to win this tournament. Him and, him and, well, having watched Progress at the weekend, him and Progress in the final is going to be the fight of the next year. Yeah. It'll be unbelievable. If they can get there. Well, okay, that brings on to something else then. We've done that preview now. I think World Boxing Super Series last year, the impact was phenomenal. It was insane. And yet, you know, we were, we were pissed off that we were on ITV4 having to do pay-per-view and it took something away from the tournaments. But it's not even on TV. Mm. It's not even on TV in the UK. I haven't watched a single World Boxing Super Series fight yet live. Not one. Mm. Last year... They were the highlights, or I say last year, because last season, let's say, because I know it's spilt over to this year. I didn't miss a single fight. I was at a couple of them. Mm. I was at a couple of the shows. Every other fight, I didn't miss it. I was, even though I had to pay ITV to watch the fucking thing, I watched them all live. I haven't seen one fight live yet, and that really upsets me because World Boxing Super Series last season, we were going, you fucking changed the game. Kawasaki, you've changed the game. You got it's amazing. This is what. Boxing's all about the best of the best, blah, blah, blah. And I'm as excited about this super lightweight tournament and bantamweight tournament as I was about the cruiserweights last year. So why is, why is, and it's got more, it's got more Brits in the tournament bracket originally this year. Why, I'm thinking, why aren't I engaged with it as much as I was? And it's because I'm not watching it on TV. I'm not there yet. I'm not in a zone mindset yet. I'm not in a streaming mindset yet. Maybe it's because I'm fucking 40 now, but... I'm not in the right mindset yet as a fight fan to go, oh, this is where I go and this is how I ingest boxing. I'm like, it's on Sky. Oh, shit, Hugh Joe's on Channel 5. Great. Oh, yeah, the UFC's going on BT later. Yeah, I'll record that in case I fall asleep. Yep, yep, yep. 
And then Sunday, I'm like, oh shit, Whale Boxing Super Series. Uh, right, how do I find that now? Is it on YouTube? Do I go to you? Is it on Whale Boxing Super Series website? Then I'm scrambling around on a Sunday afternoon. By then, I know what the result is anyway. By then, I know what's happened. I just think they've ma- missed a massive trick because the UK is the home of boxing right now, Whale Boxing. This is where it's all going off. This is where it's popping. This is where it's crackalacking. And to not be able to watch it on TV is a scandal. And I think it's took something away from the tournament massively. And I know Kali Sowland and the guys, I know they listened to the Fight Disciples. And last year, we were, every fucking it felt like every show for a while, we were just going on about how good World Boxing Super Series is. This year, I want to flip it back and go, you guys have fucked up massively, man. You have dropped the ball mm. by not getting a TV deal. If you're going to put it free on your website, put it free on Dave or whatever. Put it free anyway. You're telling me there's not a single t- TV channel in the UK that wouldn't have took it for free, mm. just like you're putting it for free on your streaming website. Give it to anyone, man. It's... I think that's been the biggest disappointment for me. I'd agree. I'd Is agree with that. Yeah, it's you tough. can't even watch the football. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I would be very surprised. I mean, if you remember last year, uh, they dropped the World Boxing Super Series with about four days with ITV before uh, the first British fighter was involved. Because if you remember, the first fight in the cruiserweight division last year wasn't on British TV. You had to watch yep. it on the internet. So I'd be very, very, very surprised if there's not a, a British broadcaster announced this week. How can you not? You've got uh, an Irish lad... And a, and a Scottish lad going at it in uh, world title efforts, kind of, at the weekend. And you can't watch it. There's such a massive massive audience that can't watch it. And you're not up against anything. There's no, no competition this weekend no. in Britain. You ha- it has to be on TV. If that's, it's a, if that's live, listen, we'll stream it. If they give it to us, we'll put it on Fight Disciples. There you go. Can't say more fair than that. Mm. But again, we even that streaming it, so don't even give it to us. Yeah. Take that away. Put you need a channel. Yeah. Put it on the fucking telly. Mm. Uh, also in action this weekend, there is a, um, a super featherweight competition for the WBC belt. Obviously, that's uh, a belt that is just being kept warm at this moment in time for Jordan Gill. Is that is that how you're approaching Absolutely. every super featherweight clash now? Is just keeping that warm for uh, Jordan. He'll be he'll be along in a couple of years, lads. Well, we're going to win all the featherweight belts first. I'm going to move up. All right, uh, so it's uh, Birchelt versus Roman this weekend. Birchelt is absolutely legit. I think mm-hmm. he'll smash Roman to pieces uh, and move on. It's, again, another exciting division, but I personally think that this kid's the, the, the man at, uh, at Super Feather at this moment in time. I think uh, he could go on to do some fantastic things uh, in this weight division. This fight this weekend is, is one of those, yeah, all right, Roman's probably earned himself a little bit of a, a, a go at it, but... He's well past his best, he's, uh, Daniel Roman, and I think Birchell will take care of him, and I would fully anticipate a stoppage in this fight because he uh, he can whack a bit, can uh, old Birchell. Yeah, he can absolutely whack, and uh, <clears throat> you're right. It is an interesting little weight class. Um, who was the kid last weekend? I'm just trying to have a quick look now and see who the kid who was absolute because that was that super featherweight at the weekend on the Johnny Jacobs undercard. That kid was absolutely unreal. Oh, Machado. Machado, Who yeah. Who knocked the kid out in the first round. Yeah, yeah. That was super featherweight as well. That was the WBA super featherweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Machado, he's like fucking six foot two. <laughs> massive for a super featherweight. He was absolutely massive. Slight exaggeration. Well, yeah, he's, you know, <laughs> six, six seven then. <laughs> six foot seven, six, seven at, at super at feather. super feather, yeah. But he's obviously, <laughs> Mate, you know. he's thick of bones. He's the future. He looks like someone from Halloween. Well, th- that's the beauty of him. You know, do you reckon he's the next... Puerto Rican absolute megastar in boxing, hmm. and with performances like that, you've got you can't you've got to believe that he's going to be right up there. And with because he's that big, he can't be long for super featherweight. Hmm. He's definitely destined for lightweight, then super lightweight, and then potentially even hmm. a welterweight fight. So that kid's a superstar. 
But the ball's passed over now. Let's see how this guy can do this weekend. WBC should, champ. Should be a good weekend. All our eyes will be on the website, though, for uh, World Boxing Super Series. Come uh, on. Callie, come on, son. You pulled it out the, the bag before. Yeah. <laughs> you pulled it out the bag before. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Yes, you know what? I just make these things just come that's to me. Adam, that's what they just come to me. That's why you're. That's why you're in the big league now. That's why you're at the awards ceremony. Tally, come on, son. Did Pull you just do the back? Did, did you just do a sniff as well afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Flipping, like he's going to be on to his lawyers, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, uh, you can subscribe to this nonsense uh, on a week by week basis uh, by going to iTunes, and we're also all Android feeds are on our website, fightdisciples.com. Thank YouTube you so much. Videos on a Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday uploads. Basically, there's a YouTube video coming Wednesday with Nick telling Rocky Fielding he's going to knock Canelo out in the first round and then we're coming all back to Anfield in May next year. That's a good 30 minutes of conversation. That's what's <laughs> happening, all right? Uh, so make sure you come and join us for that at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.